Hello and welcome to Rich in Relationship. And today we're with a new friend. In the age of COVID, we have lots of video friends. This is my video friend who one day we will meet in person, Emma Viglucci. And she is with MetroRelationships.com, a licensed marriage and family therapist. How are you today, Emma? I am amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You are, you are amazing. You are amazing. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy you. And so the question we ask everyone on Rich in Relationship is, how did your heart lead you into the work that you do today? So I have always had a passion for how people operate. And this might sound boring, um, but just really wondering about what makes you special, what makes you special, and how do you make your relationship work and your life work, and what do you bring to your life, and why is your life different than somebody else's? So massive curiosity around that always. And as I progressed in my career, I was able to hone that into working with couples. How do two people combine that specialness and to create something even more amazing together? So that's in a nutshell. That makes perfect sense. You know, as you start to understand what makes individuals tick, then there's the whole challenge of what makes the relationship tick. And it's interesting, my wife and I were talking about this last night. We were talking about the relationship and she doesn't think about relationships the way I do. I think of it as some a living thing that's separate from, but attached to the two people. And she thinks of relationship as two people hanging out together. You know, I think this may be unique to people in our profession. Correct, a hundred percent. There's like a third en entity, right? The, th the third thing in the room. So it's me, you and us. And unless you're focused on that, you're intentional about it, the ask gets lost unless you're a strong connector and mindful and intentional about it. But for the most part, people don't think like that. Yeah, well, you know, people, they fall in love and they're all about each other and they get married and then they have children and all of a sudden the rubber hits the road and it's like, oh my God, how are we going to make this work? And the us part kind of falls by the wayside for a little while. Uh, and, and I love what you said that people need to be intentional about it. Oh, yeah. I understand that you have a way of framing relationships that helps people be intentional about it. Tell us more about that system. Please. Yes. Yes. So I've had so much experience working with so many couples over the years that I saw a pattern in the work that we do with people. And so I broke down the whole therapeutic process into five elements, five main areas in a relationship that if people focus on intentionally nurturing and working with those areas, that they will create a beautiful relationship with their partner. And so there's five areas that people need to pay attention to, nurture, play in, and, and play, hang out with, <laughs> give it attention, water it, um, so that they get good results and create the relationship that they want. Only five, I'm ready. Let's tell us all about them. Okay, so the first one is called context and mindset. Like you were saying just now, usually people look at the relationship as two people and then they hang out, right? And they, they spend time together or hopefully they spend time together. Sometimes they don't even do that and they think they have a relationship. And so the mindset shift um, or the mindset that people should have is how can they look at the relationship as something bigger than themselves? Two are better than one, right? And so when you combine and that third entity gets created, that's the mindset shift of there's synergy there. There's yumminess in that togetherness in that that wholeness is much bigger than just one person by themselves. And so that shift of looking at my partner is my partner with a capital P. My partner is my life partner for life. And we're going to create something amazing. We're on a journey together. 
very different mindset that if I have to tolerate this person and now it's attached to me for a period of time and I might be able to dump down the road if I'm not happy. Very different mindset, right? When you're all in or like, hmm, you have like a little, little out. <laughs> so when you're all in, you approach everything very differently because you have to make it work. You will make it work. And so you give it your all as opposed to like this half stuff. So that's the relationship mindset approach. That's element number one. Yeah, that's, it's so funny because part of the conversation last night was what is a partnership? And I, you know, of course, being a professional like yourself, I'm, my wife actually is a matrimonial attorney. So she's in the job of helping people. Oh gosh. <laughs> change, change their relationship into something else. Right? I so would be flying like, your wall in your house. <laughs> she's, got, she's got a totally different slant on this than I do. And so yeah. I'm saying, you know, so like if, if you think about a relationship as a partnership, right? It changes the whole dynamic. I mean, partners work towards something together. I know the question we were having, the conversation, the topic was, what do you think we are working towards together in our relationship? And we talked about her parents who've been together for 65 years. What have they been working towards? We talked about friends of ours, you know, but at the heart of it was exactly what you're talking about, that partnership. So tell us more. Oh, so good. Yeah. I love that you had that conversation. A lot of people are not that, that aware, right? To have even conversations like this. So kudos. Um, but of course, you're in the profession, so you would hopefully you would have that, right? <laughs> um, so topic number two or element number two is communication and alignment. So most people don't have good communication skills. And being a good talker, talking a lot, does not mean that you're a good communicator. People have that misconception, like, oh, I could communicate, I talk. But are you listening? Are you taking stuff in? There's a big difference between talking a lot and actually being a good communicator. So this element has to do with being able to put your point across without stumping on the other person and receiving the other person without being stumped on. So that flow and getting, getting each other, aligning with each other. And the main thing that we want in life is really to be accepted and understood and have connection. So mm -hmm. if we keep that in mind and you listen with that in mind, this is a very basic starting point. You're already ahead of the game. Yeah, I get that totally. A lot of the work, as you know, a lot of the work that I do is with people in high conflict. Right. And the whole, one of the big problems they're having is that they've got this argument that has different subjects, but has the same flavor over and over that's in the way, absolutely in the way of communication. Right. Uh, and it, it seems to dominate their experience, which is eventually why they call someone for help. So yeah, I can totally see that, how communication is important. And actually in the work that we do for them, the first step is to identify the argument you know, and figure out how they're not going to jump in when they're triggered so that they can learn how to communicate in the way that you're talking about. It makes perfect sense. A hundred percent, because what's happening in those moments is like, I want to be right and I'm going to shove my point on your throat. And so I'm trying to just- No, no, no. Emma, I am right. right. And I'm right. right. It's my way. <laughs> no matter what you way? say, you're wrong. Even if you agree with me, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's so funny. Sometimes I'm, I'm in session and I hear people, they're talking, they're saying the same thing. Like I'm hearing the same thing, even though they're using different language. I'm like, this is what I'm hearing you say. And this is what I'm hearing you say. It's the same thing. They're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But they're, right. they're in their ears, they don't hear that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty oh. wild. We love to make up stuff when we listen to others sometimes. Uh, we all have our stories. So number three. Number three. Number three is um, clarity and dynamics. And so I love that you said that this is the same thing over and over with different flavors. So people get stuck and when 
something happens, I have a reaction, I get triggered. The way I respond to that triggers you. The way you respond to that triggers me back. And then I respond with more of the same and we create a cycle, right? And that's a repeating pattern. So I help couples identify, okay, what is getting triggered? Just like your topic. Mm -hmm. um, what is getting triggered for me? What's getting triggered for you? Mm -hmm. And now how do I deal with me? How do you deal with you? And so we break the pattern. So how do I, how do I address my trigger in a way that doesn't trigger you? Hopefully you'll do the same, right? And then we'll create a different pattern and addressing what gets triggered and responding differently, self-soothe and self-regulation, meeting our needs, communicating around all that, that breaks that dynamic and the repeating thing that keeps showing up. Yeah, and what's for those of you who are listening, what's crazy about that is once you start to hear what why your partner is triggered and you realize it really has maybe this much or nothing to do with who you are, it changes and vice versa, it changes everything. Yeah, great process. All right. Let's rock on. Number four. Yes. So number four is the, my favorite and most people's favorite once they got over the junk, connection and intimacy. Mm. So connection and intimacy is when we nurture the relationship in each other. So people sometimes try to do this piece. They feel disconnected. So, so they say, let's work on connection. But all the other stuff is in the way. If I'm looking at my partner, crooked, I'm not going to want to connect with you. If I, if we are fighting, I'm not going to want to connect with you. If I'm triggered, I'm not going to want to connect with you. Right. So mm -hmm. we have to get some of this stuff out of the way. And it's not necessarily a linear process, but we have to make sure that some of that stuff is under our belts before we really work on nurturing the relationship. Yeah. Connection piece is about connection habits. It's about prioritizing the partner. It's about taking care of ourselves too, connecting with ourselves. That gets lost in translation. If I'm not connecting with me, how can I connect with you? Mm -hmm. I'm showing up with my junk. I'm not showing up with my connected connect to my higher self or my best authentic self. I'm showing up with my junk. Therefore, I can't connect with you. So if I connect with myself first and showing up with my beautiful self, and then it's easier for us to connect. So if I, uh, let me just share what it sounds like to me. It sounds like connecting with self is more than just, do I hear what my voice is, my inner voice is saying? It might also show up as, am I taking good enough care? Am I charging my own battery enough so that I can show up for the other person? Because very often what we see in couples that are in high conflict is their battery, they're not charging their, their, their basic need, well-being needs are not being met. And so they're, the, it's easier to get triggered, right? So if we get enough sleep, if we're eating right, if we get a little exercise, you know, if we're connected to people and having conversations, our battery is more charged. If one of those things is out of sync, then it's so much easier. To, I know if I sleep four hours a night, I can get triggered like that. Oh, 100%, exactly, right on the money. If my bandwidth is smaller, or if I'm afraid, or my brain is a little wackadoodle because of lack of sleep or not enough nutrition, I'm dehydrated, stress, or whatever. Yeah, that's my favorite. I hate drinking water. Right? <laughs> so if we, if we don't show up resourced, whatever you do is going to blow me over. But if I'm resourced and steady and, and strong, what, you can do whatever you want. I'm going to be okay. So connecting to yourself is also listening. Am I, is there something, something I'm not doing for myself that I need to do so yeah. I can show up hundred percent, but it's also, I, I mean, I'm sure, I know you mean it's more than that. It's also listening to that inner voice. Like, does this feel right? Yeah. Or is this, or when you're triggered, is this really where I want to go with this? You know, going back to the last night's conversation, there were a couple of moments there where there was an opening. You know, we what one, what one, right? <laughs> one or both of us was triggered. And I remember taking this deep breath and saying to her, is this really where we want to go right now? <laughs> yeah. And you know, and she kept, da, 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 da. I said, 
yeah, but I just really want you to think about this. You know, I know what it sounded like to you, but is this really, and then she took a deep breath and it all, you know, and we, but you know, we both, so we started over, but the, the, it could have been really bad. You know, I could have said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you know, or vice versa. Yes. I mean, so I could, I mean, I could imagine how challenging it is for you guys, right? So you work on keeping couples together. She works on breaking people apart or helping them create something different. Transforming their relationship. <laughs> right? So literally transforming to something, a different unit altogether. Yeah. So that's, that could be a challenge. Um, I hear that. Definitely, we have to be resourced for our own selves, listen to our inner voice, to our intuition, be in alignment with who we think we are at the end of the day, or, or let me say that differently, becoming our best self, because we're always becoming on a daily basis who we truly are. And when we show up with that, that's the beauty of it. You know, for those of you who are listening, there is so much when it comes to trigger management. There, we could like do a whole show on trigger management. Maybe we should. All right, number five. Number five. So this is one of my favorites as well. I mean, I love them all, but <laughs> uh, is collaboration and partnership. This is where we put the little systems in place. So where one partner stops, the other one begins, and there's a good oil machine system running in the home. So you can create a chaos-free home, a stress-free, beautiful home, joyful, everything's smooth, everything operates well, and I'm making it sound like utopia. It's attainable, I promise. You make it work and flow nice and easy. You create little systems, little routines and rituals and all these different things so that you can create that enriched environment where everything works smoothly and you could partner up really well and collaborate well. Oh, it sounds lovely. It is. Yeah, and of course, just listening to that, that's completely different than what we were, you know, in the beginning when I was saying people get married, they have children and all of a sudden they're both trying to figure out how to keep all the balls in the air. That's different. For, that could be more like a parallel life kind of thing where, all right, I'm dropping off the kids. You're picking up the kids. You're going to feed them breakfast. I'm going to feed them dinner. And maybe we'll hang out with each other for five minutes and watch some TV. That's not the same as collaborating where you're really communicating about what's going maybe and hopefully doing some things together separate from the children and with the children. A hundred percent. Yeah, once people have children, it's a whole different ballgame. And yeah. it's intentional about safeguarding that relationship, that couple, that they couple, not the husband and the wife and the mother and the father, the man and the woman or the female male, uh, female, male energy. Like how do you keep the couple intact, right? The, the partnership, safeguarding it and nurturing it and, and enriching it. That really always goes out the window unless we're really intentional about it. So that's huge. If yeah. people are able to mind that, they're in good shape. Yeah, we were talking about a couple that we know where raising the children had been their central focus. Right. And we've known these people, both of us have known this couple since like before college. Like she grew up with one person and, and I used to hang out in high school parties with this her best friend. And mm -hmm. then the husband, we both went to college with. So like we've known them forever. Right? And they've hit a point in their life where the children are all gone. He has done very well for himself and is retired. The mother is kind of lost and he's off doing all the things he always wanted to do while he was working, but didn't have time for. And, uh, you know, you can see that there's a crisis. Uh, there's a number of different crises going on in that relationship. That's very common. You know, once the children leave the home, if the whole sole focus was on the children, and especially if one person was the sole provider and the other one stayed home. That's very yeah. challenging because they have to find each other again. And that's challenging after so long, right? And they might have different needs and wishes and desires at that point. And, and guys tend, or the male energy person tends to pursue more solo individual 
activities. Yes, he's on skiing and playing golf. <laughs> right. And the female energy seems to focus more on connection and, and togetherness, right? And that duality creates a lot of conflict. And if people are not working together to mitigate that conflict. I think what this couple has going for them is they, they really were very effective partners and they really do value family highly and they care for one another deep. I would say they love one another deeply. So I have confidence that they'll find sort of a new core for their partnership. And that's really what we're talking about is that shared sense of mission and purpose. But it's, it's, I could see how it might be very scary for them right now. Yeah, the transitions are never easy, right? But so hopefully people could stick it out and then they see sunshine at the end of the day. All right, so I understand you have, there's a whole follow-up to these five things, and, but we're near the end. So, but, but just uh, what's the, what are the, the, what are the follow-up piece? Like once you've got these five things in your life, what's the follow-up just so we can give people a taste for the future? Yes. So once you have this under your belt, or at least a little bit of it, right? And you always continue to get more of those five in, into your, into your life, lifestyle, which is the next piece. How you can routinely continue to develop, evolve, integrate more and more and more of those and getting better and better at each five, the five, uh, the, each of the five elements. And so you embrace a relationship enrichment lifestyle where you're working on those ongoingly and nurturing the relationship in each other ongoingly. That sounds a lot like practices, habits, building traditions, that kind of thing. Rituals and continue to learn and evolve and bring, bring the, the new tools and new tactics then to keep everything and hopefully we'll get to do another one of these and talk about that but for today we're right near the end so i'm going to ask you by the way you've been fabulous thank you yeah you're very articulate you're conceptually clear i think everyone's really getting this the question i ask everyone at the end of the show is what is the legacy that you want to leave behind okay so in a nutshell, my legacy is to help us many people and partners to create a radiant and successful relationship as possible, to get as close to that ideal as possible, as many people to as ideal as possible. That's the big picture. Um, and then when that happens and people create amazing homes and when they have amazing homes, they raise thriving, amazing children and ta-da. Can I be your friend for a second and maybe put you on the spot just a little? Please. I think that's what real friends do. Yes. You know, like there's those, there are those friends who just say, yeah, yeah, that's all good. And then there are your real friends who are like, you know what? I think you, you, you've got a little more in you. Or I had poke. So um, if you were going to just make up a number, how, you know, how many people would as many people as possible be? Oh, I love it. Five million. Five million. I love that. So ambitious. Yeah. Super cool. All right. So I'm gonna hold I don't you. like to be cocky, you know, so I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to that. I, and I believe that you will make a difference in 5 million people's lives. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.